On this episode of the Executor Health Podcast, can a family business survive the effects of emotional storms? What are the reasons family businesses end up heading to court, leaving relationships damaged forever? Welcome to the Executor Health Podcast, the show dedicated to help you settle an estate, pick an executor, and avoid family fights. For more information, visit davided.com. Now here's your host, David E.D. My guest on this episode is mediator... Dana Garnett. You know, she works with small and family business owners and entrepreneurs, and they come to her to resolve disputes that have created major rifts that threaten the viability of their businesses and usually are on the road to potential financial ruin, like partner disputes, divorces, and lawsuits. So she's got a lot of tips and ideas and strategies to help the family business owner not end up in court. And that's what we're going to talk to talk about today with uh, Dana is uh, three ways family businesses resolve conflict without ending up in court. Dana, thanks for taking the time today to be here on the Executor uh, Help podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here with me today. Knowing a little bit about your work and what you've, you've done in terms of your mindful uh, mindful strategy, you've probably come across a lot of family businesses and a lot of problems. Yes, yes. And most it, often they come to me when it's you know, at the breaking point. What are some of the reasons that family businesses end up coming to you? And- um, well, one reason is that there has been a long time issue argument, something that nobody ever got over and it can have been going on for years and it just, it just snowballs and nobody wants to forget it. Everyone latches onto it, um, retelling the stories about it and all that anger and resentment stays for so long that it just becomes a new normal, functional normal. And so, I mean, cause often that's what happens when we get down to the nitty gritty quickly, which is possible, even if things are at the breaking point. Um, one of the things I like to try to help people with is getting to the heart of the matter fast. And very often what they get to the heart of is something that didn't just happen yesterday. What comes up very quickly is something that happened 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, prior generation, stories that were you were told and conditioned with. And, um, and it's is, there, it, is it is it a family issue or is it uh, outside of the business or is something that's happened in the business well, and because they're working together? Right. In a family business, it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix. And most often it's because, just to give you some examples, I had, I had a... Um, a young man come to me uh, some years ago and he said he was uh, upset because his father had fired him from the family business. Mm-hmm. And so he had gone on with his own career and kind of to show his dad, he got a corporate job and really well with it. And yet he was still connected to the business because he was getting some residual income from the business, but he didn't see eye to eye to his dad with his dad, but he'd, he'd made a life for himself and he'd gone on for himself, but he still felt like he needed to prove something to his dad. And so this had been, you know, eight, 10 years that had just, you know, kind of been sitting there. And so he was wanting to figure out how does he approach his dad? And so, you know, that, that's, and he was still, you know, years down the road, still upset with his father for firing him. Very quickly, he was able to realize what, what was at the core of that issue. And which really came out to be, he assumed he was showing his father respect in certain ways, but his father never really felt he was getting that respect because of the way the son was maybe behaving. Each of them were trying to, you know, position themselves uh, and not really being open to the other's 
need for uh, appreciation. And so when he came to that realization, he was able to have a conversation with his father, probably one of the first in a very long time that was more heart to heart. And they were able to work out some things because he was worried about his dad's getting older, you know, uh, his health and, you know, the handing over of the business and what's going to happen. And so, so yeah, it's that, you know, just that one thing getting fired years ago had stayed with him. He never really let that go. Mm-hmm. Did did the son end up going since they had that that talk and he figured out where the there was a breakdown in communication? Did the son go back into the business? He is as far as I know, and this is this is what's interesting in, in the role I play. I don't always I I actually rarely see the start and the finish of everything because mm-hmm. I help people clear what's going on with them and impart to them skills that they can use forward so that they can actually communicate more effectively. And these, you don't necessarily need somebody to go to like a therapist, right? Or somebody who's going to be your, you know, your coach, your guide and everything you do, because you need to be able to do this on your own. What I knew at the time, he went back to his father and they had made arrangements for him to, um, to begin to step back into the business and see where his father would, you know, they were talking about how his dad was going to start delegating things. And then I, and I spoke to him a few months after that. And he felt he was, he was in, you know, sounded great. Um, and what, whatever really happened, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know, but that's the beautiful thing. Life happens, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about, but tell you, one of my mantras is happiness is not about getting to a place in life with everything solved. Now everything's okay. Right. Cause that's, that's just not the, case what happiness is is knowing that whatever comes up in life whatever life is throwing us at any given time we can handle it so even if he went even if they you know thought it's all rosy now something's going to happen (laughs) you know and the fact that i don't get another call often warms my heart because it means okay they're working things out it also shows that you've done your job yeah well thank you yes that is (laughs) and that is and, and rewarding yes so let's talk about the people who who don't get to see you, and, but they know that they're, they're the ones that are creating problems for themselves right now. So that's why we're talking about the um, those, those three ways that family businesses can resolve conflict before they end up in court. So wh- what are some of the ways? Okay, so the, the one I just mentioned was about getting to the heart of what is probably a very long-term issue in the family. So we talked about that already. Mm-hmm. Um, another one would be learning how to relate to each other without what I call health risks and creating premature aging for yourself. And when, when, you, when, I, when I talk with people about, you know, hey, let's all get along, that's not really, they're not motivated to do that initially because they've got their, they need to be heard. They need to be understood. Somebody's done wrong them or somebody's got some, issue with the other person, the family business partner or the parent or the sibling or whoever, uh, maybe, you know, mom wanted the daughter promoted and dad wanted the son promoted and all, you know, all hell's broken loose because of the succession issues and all that. Um, and it goes back to something, you know, that like they're all in their own corners. What I would encourage people to do is park whatever you think the problem is or whoever you think the problem is. And put yourself first. And that's maybe something you wouldn't expect a mediator to say. Usually it's like, put, the, put yourself in the other person's shoes, you know, and don't think about yourself and work it out that way. No, think about you first. And this is what I mean by that. When we allow stress to occur for ourselves, whether it's a short burst of anger or under the radar resentment that goes on for years, 
there is a constant buildup of negative hormones, which is the, cortisol is the one we usually hear of. And that is such a stressor on our system. But when we are able to reverse that and come at things from a place of ease and, be, and understand how to be able to de-stress, not just in the moment, but de-stress ongoing, then there's there, then uh, that vitality hormone called dehydroepiandrosterone or DHEA as we commonly know it, kicks in and it gets higher. And as a result, we're more optimally aligned throughout our, all of our bodily systems. Our immune system is boosted, our, our nervous system, our limbic system, the emotional system, uh, digestive, you, know, you name it, everything is in, is in more optimal alignment. So we have the chance of you know, having less dis-ease in life, dis-ease, which is disease, right? Mm -hmm. And therefore we live longer, we have more vitality. And the beautiful thing also is, is we, if, when you understand about how to connect within yourself, and this, and this is why I say, put yourself first, when you can self-regulate your emotions and you can have what I call intelligent energy management within yourself, you know, the energy of, you know, what, the drains and then the renewals that we have emotionally, when you can find that balance you are going to be in a place where you can actually, you actually access your higher intelligence. You make better decisions, even under pressure. You make, you know, you're, you're clear in your communication and, and, and you are um, the problem solving, the creativity you get from solving problems is, is immense. So when people are going at it, that's kind of where I start to say, you know, whatever's going on is very important. I understand that, but I want you to, First, focus on why does it matter to resolve it? Because usually everybody is going at it from, again, their corner, or, you know, he said, she said, or you did this 20 years ago, whatever. But when you start putting into context that every time you add fuel to the fire or you continue to fight about the issue, you're only doing damage to yourself. So yes, we want to eventually put ourselves in other people's shoes, but, but only know that when you do that, you're actually putting yourself first because you're taking care of you and you're going to be able to think more clearly. And oh my God, it's going to save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees, right? And in the court battles and all these things that everybody, it's scary how many, how much money people will spend to be right. That's true. That's very true. You but know? But for someone to think about, you know, instead of like following the point that you're bringing up about, about thinking about yourself first and what will it matter to resolve this, how big of an adjustment do you as a person uh, have to make in yourself? Because you might also look at yourself and say, you know what, I'm the one that's making the, the move and they're not doing anything. Is, is that what you're doing as a, a mediator? Are you trying to get everybody to think the same way? So somebody, because somebody's going to have to, someone's going to have to make the first move. It, it, how entrenched is that individual that I'm going to stick to my guns? And you know, it's not me. It's going to be them first. Right, right. I, I love, I love your question. It, um, it often happens that when people come to me with their problem or their issue with their business, um, they will say, you know, I'm the only one that sees there's a problem. You know, nobody else gets it. Or I'm not going to budge until they change, right? The cool thing is, though, when you discover the ability to regulate yourself, you don't need anybody else to change. 
everybody can go on being just as they are. But the fact that you have a new awareness of how to observe and dance with the situation, your responses change. And oftentimes your responses in the past have been what's triggered everybody else. And you begin to realize, oh, wow, I was actually contributing to a lot of this in ways I didn't realize. So you have a great, once again, it's like you're accessing this higher intelligence. You're realizing what you have contributed. And by simply changing, and you ask me, how much do you have to change? Not a lot. Just commit to change a few things. It's just, you know, there's, have you heard of the um, power of the one degree shift? Yes. Where if you just change your trajectory by one degree, six months to a year from now, you know, or not even that much long, or if you're in a sailboat, you're going to go off someplace else, right? So if you just change that much, just a little bit, you will be amazed at the results you get within the situation. So what I tell people, which is true, it does, you don't need everybody to come to the table and hold hands and sing Kumbaya, which can be very lovely to do. However, it's not necessary. It just takes one person very quietly. Nobody has to even know what you're doing. I mean, what, what you are, you know, how, how differently you're processing something. And I've experienced that myself, you know, uh, in my own um, business and family challenges. It's, it, I, I, I know for a fact it works because I, I, I did not realize the things I was contributing in my own situation. Um, and when I discovered that, uh, I began to, you know, that's what I started teaching and, and coaching other people in. And it works. It's like the young man that came to me about his dad. I've never met his dad. You know, um, right. another another client came to me, 10 year, 10 year embroiled uh, situation. Um, one of the parents died, promoted one of the children uh, as president of the company. Um, the other the other sibling gets married. The spouse doesn't like anybody. They start you know, cutting off the whole family. The grandkids don't get to see the grandmother. Uh, the, um, the cousins don't get to see each other. It's just their family life is ruined. And everyone's, everyone's like this. And when, when that person came to me, it's like 10 years of madness. It's got to stop. I can't take this anymore. And I only worked with that one person. And when I, when I spoke to them about six months later, <laughs> they called me because their sibling actually had reached out to make amends because it could be cause they made that one change. They, they decided, yeah. <laughs> and and that, that 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 one degree shift. And when they called me, I said, uh, they wanted to prepare for this conversation. I said, yeah, I can help you with that. I said, By the way, you sound great. You know, the energy was shifted. You know, um, they felt so much better about themselves. And like, oh, yeah, all that drama doesn't bother me anymore. I know how to handle it. And in fact, it doesn't even come up much. You know, so it and, and to add a little more complication to the situation, very um, narrow niche of a business. And the other sibling had broken off and started up a competitive business in the same area just to, yeah, just to, just to show them. Right. So yeah. I, and, and then you get the cutoff of the family. It's just, and it, yeah. And it just sucks everybody dry, you know? So well, it affects succession planning going forward. It uh, well, even before you get to that part, it's Christmas dinner's over. Forget that. Oh, yeah, right. Forget right. Secret Santa, that's over. So, right. um, it, 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 it all it comes down to it seems like um, humans 
especially in this situation, is that they seem to hold on to something, whether it's in the business, not in the business, and they seem to hold on to something, which is going to get them that it it's the boiling point where you end up seeing them. So you've talked about two different ways that you don't want to, you know, end up in court. What's the third way that uh, you don't end up in court? Also, on these three things that we're going through, and we're going to number three now, do you have to do all three of them? Or is it just maybe just that one degree change, which was number two? Will that make make the, the, the difference? That's What's- a good question. If you If you make that one degree shift in the first thing I said about taking care of you, you will be, you will have a new awareness of how to respond and react to all the other stuff that's been going on. So that when you, when you're looking at all those, those issues that have have come up in the past, those long-term issues, you won't, you know, that they, they suddenly, they just kind of melt. It's like what you really were upset about before isn't such a big deal anymore. And you learn how to respond. I mean, other people that are not changing, they're, they're going to have the same are doing but you have changed how you're responding to that and now suddenly what's happened it's it's neutralized the situation interesting more of it for yourself and then you neutralize it and then you then you can actually go forward and not have the same stuff happen over and again because i talk about the definition of crazy right you know the the same it's the same thing happening over and over again but you expect a different outcome but you're not (laughs) doing anything different to contribute um, so the third, the third thing, the third thing, the third thing is to don't, if, if you are really in serious conflict, don't go it alone because even, even if you're this meaning it, it's, it's, it's easy to think, especially if you're a great negotiator in business or you are, you know, you, or you feel like you're this kind, compassionate person that you are um, able to, to med, uh, you know, mediate your own family right? Or try to work it out. It rarely works. Well, I, I haven't seen it work yet because even if you are really feel you are objective and you're trying to, you know, end the war in the family and you're part of that family, the challenge is everybody, nobody else can see you as objective. Everyone, you know, they, they've got this, they've got the history with you. And so no matter how hard you're trying, it's just not going to end it for good. So just like you would have for legal advice or as an exec, you, know, you need an executor, you need someone to manage the estate, you need an executor, you need, you know, legal advice, you need an attorney, you need accounting advice, financial advice, get your advisor, your CPA. You've got a serious conflict that likely has gone on for years and you really want to be done with it, then get a subject matter expert to, to come in and help you resolve the conflict. And it, it, I'm not suggesting everyone has to go to mediation. Mediation uh, can take different forms. I mean, you have mediations that come up because the judge you know, has ordered it for a case as a last resort. In the world of alternative dispute resolution, resolution we will say, you know, why wait to mediate? You don't have to wait for it to get so bad. You've had to spend everything you've got and be in therapy for life because you couldn't work this out, you know, only then to go to mediation. No, get somebody in early or the, the moment you think it's all starting to break apart. Even if you are, even all hell has broken loose and you are in a deep, deep battle in court. It's never too late to get help to try to resolve that. So, and, and I often find that it, it's that overcoming inertia 
that people have. Sometimes, I, and I can understand this, maybe there's some, there's some um, either you know, guilt or embarrassment or shame around admitting the family's having a problem and, and, and needs help. And, and I'm not saying therapy is a bad thing, but therapy is there for a purpose, but the challenge with therapy is it can go on and on and on and on and on, just so can a legal battle. <laughs> Why do either of those things have to drain everything you've got, your, your, your health and your savings and your family, right? But if you, get, if you can get professional help and get somebody to come in who can zero in, you know, get to the heart of the matter, clear it, neutralize the situation, you end up strengthening your relationship and and your family business as a result instead of severing everything so that so that would be you know what i would what i would say would be really important when people end up coming to you is it is it a collective decision you know we need to get somebody involved or is it usually a lot of times just one person saying you know i'm um this is like probably one of the last resorts let's try mediation people aware of, of this group problem and they're willing to come to, come to you or are they are they coming to you kicking and screaming excellent question i'd say half of the time uh it's an individual coming to me saying i you know something's got to give uh nobody else sees there's a problem and i'll work with that individual um other times uh, i had a, a gentleman call me worried about um his sibling was racking up debt and he was getting really worried. And, and so I ended up seeing, you know, we, we had, he, he approached the family and, you know, had a meeting together. And so that, that's another way to go about it. But if nobody's, if no one's open to it, or think people are saying, I'm not going to do that. You know, we, I don't need somebody to come in and help. That's okay. You don't need them to be on board. And, and one other quick thing about mediation, that word, while I am a mediator, you know, I, the other services or other, um, I should not say so much services, but other ways you can look at it, it's just facilitation, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. facilitation training coming in. And now when I had a gentleman come to me, uh, head of the business, right. And I asked him, I said, well, he said, I want this for my team. I want my team to learn this stuff. And so when I said, well, what will they think about that? He says, I don't care. I'm the boss. <laughs> he says, but I trust that you're going to be able to win them over. <laughs> and um and as as it turns out i mean because the stuff i lead with is what matters most Absolutely. your heart your health your life and so before it, it it makes you think two and three times before you dive into conflict the way you used to you realize oh i could be you know it's it's called hurried aging <laughs> so so what would you say wrapping up are the solutions before we have to work on resolving conflict so that we don't this the questions we're going to ask you is basically putting you out of business what do what do people need to do so that they don't have to come and see you well i tell you what i made i made a quick i made a quick list of what lands you in a very expensive court case and these things you could avoid would that sound good yeah absolutely okay just a little laundry list here okay needing to be right at any cost how much is it really costing you again your health, your life. It's like, it's not worth it. Uh, Kidding yourself that the way you see things are going to be validated if you go to court, right? Because judges tend to make examples of groups who can't resolve their own stuff. So don't expect that you're going to stand before a judge and the judge is going to give it, you know, make, make, oh, yep, this person was right all along. See, I told you that never happens. (laughs) So, you know, just let that one go. Is that Um, because people like to want to have their day in court? All they think is, you know, if I just get in front of the judge, of course, he's going to see 
that they've been wrong. They, they're idiots. Right. I've been right all the time. So they're looking for the 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 ultimate validation from a judge. Right. And for them to go, you sir are right. Right. Exactly. That's it. Being right at any cost. I'll 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 stamp it for the judge. I'll take that because I know I'm right. And the people that you think are idiots are saying that about you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um. And the meter for the and the meter for the lawyer is ticking. Yeah, keep arguing. Keep arguing. Go Thank ahead. You. Yes, that's how that's how my ex-husband and I went through two hundred and seventy thousand dollars fees in eighteen months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be huh? right. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that was that was what woke me up and actually was the catalyst to becoming a mediator to save other people from that stress. Um, wow. Another one, the holding grudges. The holding grudges forever. I mentioned that you know. Let go of the grudges. Like what really matters most, right? Get, you know, don't don't hold the grudges. Um, finger pointing exercise. You know, they're doing it, not me. But when you notice your finger is pointing at somebody else, you've got three fingers pointing back at you. So that goes back to you're contributing in some way <laughs> that maybe you don't realize, but be very careful to always to not always throw blame on somebody else. Okay, excellent um, point. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, not realizing the things, uh, not realizing that things um, are only going to get worse. It's going to, this may sound really harsh, but especially in a family business, not realizing that if you don't get to the heart of the matter now, things are only going to get worse when someone dies because that, you know, whatever those wounds are, if, everything just seems to suddenly the band-aids ripped off because that person is no longer there. The, you know, the, 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 the parent, let's say, the mother or the father that's head of the organization and, and the kids are left to battle it out. Or, you know, or it's even if the will's clear, even if you got the buy-sell agreements in place, even if, you know, everything's lined up, you know, all the succession is all on paper, just perfect. You know, unless those emotional issues are addressed, it's just going to get worse when someone passes away. Is that because, like you said, the band-aid's been pulled off. So a lot of things were going to be left unsaid. And now you got to carry that for the rest of your life. Right. Yes. Things that you may have wished you had worked out with that person that has passed away or, you know, everybody's just waiting until someone passes. Like, like well, no one, no one has the courage or, or, or the chutzpah or, or what's, you know, whatever the nerve to address the issue while everybody is still around. You know, there's always hope. There's, there's, I mean, anything's possible. You know, don't let it go on so long that it just, you just pass all that stress and, and dysfunctionality and all that DNA to the next generation. You know, let let the buck stop with you. And the other thing, the last one was to is to you know what what lands you in uh, in an expensive court battle or or expensive conflict um, or or cost. I mean, a health risking conflict is not looking in the mirror and seeing part of the problem, not seeing yourself, right? Not being able to look yourself in the mirror and and own up to what maybe you have contributed and and make amends. And, and the last thing I'll say is losing face is a big thing. I know in Eastern culture, because I, I, I lived seven years in Thailand. So I had a really good exposure to Eastern ways. And um, I even studied uh, art history and uh, Buddhist history and all of that and Hinduism. Mm -hmm. And losing face is a huge thing in the Eastern world. But it's also across the globe. A oh. huge thing. We just don't really talk about it as much when you know people maybe we we have done something that we regret but we just we don't know how to make amends you know or we just don't want to we've dug our heels in for so long you know that we could never admit we were wrong all that time <laughs> right so what happens we just keep digging and we get everybody that 
is in our influence, our circle of influence, our kids or our cousins, or to buy into it. Because we, you know, we can't admit that, you know, maybe I was wrong, or maybe partly what I did was wrong, or I, you know, I, and I just don't know how to, you know, that, that shame or that, that, that losing face thing. So, so, you know, coming to terms and, um, and most often, I mean, not just most, I, I really truly believe when you do own up where you are, you are wanting to be responsible and help in the conflict from a genuine place, not telling everybody else what to do, but leading by example, everybody else falls in line and they're going to appreciate it. Even if they don't acknowledge it openly, you're going to get, you're going to see a change. As soon as you said that, it made me think of where where you would drop a pebble in the water and you just see it ripple for you to make that decision. You be the pebble and just have the ripple effect and it'll, it'll change. That's right. Wow. That little pebble, that little degree shift. I love that. Thank you, David. That's a great well, analogy. Dana Garnett, thank you today for some amazing uh, tips and strategies of how to keep family businesses together, hopefully keeping the family better together because a business is only an entity. It's 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 just money. It's a it's a thing. But the the relationships that come about because of the, the family and the family unit going forward has to be kept intact. And if it's going to fall apart because of a business, um, you've given a lot of insight and tips to keeping families together, hopefully for the future. And they don't end up in court or before they get to court, end up coming to you because you're like, you're like the last, you're like the last stopgap. After yeah, that, it's I'm, the I'm, abyss. It's the abyss and checks being written forever. That's, that's right. Well, I, I, I'm happy to help anyone that is wanting to make that shift because it's doable and it's doable in a lot less time, you think, as well. It, it really, you don't, it doesn't need to go on for years. You know, it's uh, in a relatively short period of time, you can get these things resolved. And just think what, just think what you now have freed up, all that energy and time and space to grow the business, right? And to get back to Christmas dinners or whatever vacations you want to do or, you know. So having said that, how do people get in touch with you? There's going to be a link uh, on the show notes but how do people get in touch with you and what is it more that you, how you help businesses? Sure. Quite simply go to mindfulstrategy.com. That's M-I-N-D-F-U-L, the word strategy, all run together.com. And uh, you can reach out to me there. I'll get okay. Back great. That's great. That, once again, I'd like to thank you so much for being on the Executor Health Podcast. I wish you nothing but the best, but I know there's there's more than enough miserable people and miserable families that are going to keep you busy for years to come. So all the best to you. Thanks again for being on the show. My pleasure, David. And thank you for having me. It's been, it's been fun. You've been listening to the Executor Health Podcast. For more details, visit davidedy.com or follow David on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. 